The VHS Files presents The Horror Section. This podcast contains spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. And now, your hosts, Josh and Jason. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the horror section. You got Josh here, and we've got Jason in Texas. Hey, everybody, let's talk some creepy, scary shit, bros. That's right. House. <laughs> so, this is going to be a little sub show of the VHS files for you guys. Um, we decided that we needed a kind of a little niche, um, sort of like um, not really a mini sode, but we wanted to get into some of the deep dive of horror that we grew up watching maybe not necessarily the things that inspired us or 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 kind of got us into horror but it's definitely stuff that would we would have watched during that time in our lives so yeah most definitely these are things that are uh kind of under the radar to most of the ordinary uh watchers of movies out there i mean if you're definitely a horror fanatic we're going to talk about some stuff that you definitely watch at the video store and you grew up loving maybe even more than some of the big blockbusters of horror that came out in the 80s and 90s and we'll talk some newer movies too maybe yeah, the idea behind this, and Jason and I have talked about it. I mean, we may have Eric on to do some movies with us. We may have Jenny on. We may have some special guests on. Uh, but we really just wanted to use, um, have a little outlet for us to talk about, you know, those videos that you saw in the video store that the boxes just drew your eye. They they had some crazy images on them, and usually those ended up being horror movies or some dark sci-fi, something of that nature. And you know, these aren't again necessarily going to be the movies that made us fall in love with horror but they contributed (laughs) to our love for the horror genre we've talked about a few different movies on the big show so far uh horror movies in our spooky season for october uh we did lost boys for uh first two halloween movies friday 13th friday the 13th so those were big big releases for us but this is going to be more of those you know you found these on cable or you saw them at the video (laughs) store and they were just one-off rentals and you they left an impression on you but they might not necessarily be the best movies you've ever seen (laughs) yeah so maybe uh they didn't have the biggest film budget in the world but you know they did the best with what they had and we still love the movies man we're gonna we're gonna maybe throw in some stuff like maybe like basket case or chopping mall right right stuff like some off stuff like you know maybe the gate or subspecies we're gonna have some really cool things that i know the, the that me and josh we love we're the horror people of this show and we watch all these you know, cheesy movies that most people would like turn off after five minutes, but we love them. They are childhood Mm -hmm. favorites and adult favorites. We still love them. Yeah. Some of these may be movies that Jenny, who's usually on the regular show may not be super (laughs) interested in because they're just would be, you know, a waste of time or something. She just has no interest in watching and things that I just am drawn to because of my love for the horror genre. Um, so I know Eric is really into horror and he would like to do some of these with us, but it's just kind of going to be one of those things where when we've got time to put these extra episodes out for you guys, that's what we're going to do. Um, so with that, we're going to go ahead and kick off our first horror section movie that we're going to talk about. And because we talked about lost boys in the big show and how much of an impact that had on us at the time, there were a lot of vampire movies around. Oh God. Yeah. So Um, many kind of riding on the coattails and you know you've had the the classic dracula stuff and then the new the new age in the 80s of um vampire stuff but yeah, tonight fright night 
Lost Boys, all that yeah. stuff. Fright Night. Um, you know, again, one of the Fright Nights, one of those movies you may end up here hearing us talk about here, or maybe even Fright Night Two. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, this is this is really going to be where we focus on those. The maybe even you know you might catch us talking about some of the sequels to some of the big horror movies <laughs> here because maybe they weren't weren't nearly as good as the originals. But yeah, yeah. Like Halloween Three, maybe. Yeah, Halloween Three <laughs> and you know, some of the other Halloween sequels, just in general. But we'll go ahead and get started tonight. And tonight we're talking Near Dark. Oh, this so, is always a fun one. I yeah, mean, who I mean, didn't remember the movie poster hanging up at the VHS store with uh, the Bill Paxton with all the holes shot through him and he's half burned? Half burnt face, yep. Yeah, that, that was like an iconic movie poster at every video store that I ever went in. It was a little while before I saw this one. Like I said, I think this one was probably one that I caught on HBO or Cinemax or something. Um yeah something you know they played this on cable quite a bit and they still do play it quite a bit on like oh yeah um you know smaller channels amc stuff like that um but this uh came out in october uh october 2nd 1987 this was directed by Catherine bigelow uh if you know that name or if you're that name sounds familiar she she was coming off of a movie called the loveless but she would go on to do films like point break strange days the hurt locker and the academy award winner zero dark 30 so she's made quite a name for herself in the movie business since this little, you know, nice little vampire movie she did back in the 80s. <laughs> now, this is where we kind of get into where these movies are going to go. This one had a budget of $5 million, only ended up doing about a $3.4 million box office. So this was considered a bomb at the time, probably because it was oversaturated with a lot of other vampire movies right around mm-hmm. here. Um, Lost Boys was a big cultural phenomenon as far as vampire movies go so this probably got lost in the mix kind of like you spoke about on the the monster squad episode how it yeah. probably got lost in the mix of you know the, the teen and kid movie kid adventure oh, movies yeah. and um just found its audience a little later because now i believe this movie does have quite a cult following yeah it is definitely considered a cult favorite amongst the horror uh, lovers of the world i mean you go to any kind of like horror movie type convention or something like that you're gonna see somebody dressed as severin walking around um but you see people talk about this you see movie art everywhere um it's it was definitely it is definitely a cult movie i mean a lot of people have don't want to throw that out there too much for some of these movies but it to me it's a cult movie and a lot of people consider it that absolutely so this could be another reason it was kind of lost in the shuffle because it was released amongst the likes of hellraiser oh that hurts Um, (laughs) <laughs> Fatal Attraction and The Princess Bride. So there were some big movies coming out around this time, and this was definitely primed to be lost in the shuffle for sure. Wow. I would have to say, I mean, I do love this movie, Near Dark, but if I was an adult at that time and I had the money to go to the theater, I would have went and saw Hellraiser instead too. So I'm guilty yeah. of it not help not, not helping make uh, its budget and it just disappearing amongst <laughs> all those. But yeah, Hellraiser would have definitely been the watch over Near Dark. So this one had quite a cast in it, though. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, your main guy, Adrian Pastar, he uh, he wasn't really a big known guy. He really still hasn't been a, a very yeah. well-known actor. He was in that TV show Heroes yeah. for a brief period of time, and that's really the main thing I would have known him from. Um, yeah, I think he had bit parts in a couple of movies like Top Gun, stuff like that. Yeah. And nothing, uh, nothing you would have seen him no. in like the, as the star. No, yeah. Um, kind of faded out this was his top thing and after we talk about this movie i think i can maybe understand why he didn't move on to bigger and better things but yeah that's my opinion (laughs) (laughs) but it also stars jenny wright bill paxton as you've 
mentioned um, Lance Hendrickson, or I am always so confused on how you say it. It's Lance Hen- Henrickson. I always uh, want to put a D in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just Henrickson, not Hendrick, yeah. but Henrick. It was Hendrickson. Man, we're thinking Jimmy, man. It's Hendrickson. No, no it's Henrickson. Yeah. Henrickson. At least that's what I've always been told. And um, Jeanette Goldstein. Now, the last three we mentioned there uh, <laughs> are pretty popular from being in a very big movie in 1986. Um, this was your half your crew from Aliens. Oh, yeah. And that was well, really a big turn on about this movie when you saw it. It was like, man, these are all people from the Aliens movie. Yeah. And Catherine Bigelow liked the uh, Aliens movies and James Cameron enough. She went out and married him. I yeah. mean, unfortunately, they're divorced now, but right. she lost. And then she's like, well, I'll marry you, but I'm also going to take half of your cast for this movie I'm shooting over here. So, <laughs> you know, thanks for the help out, James. Well, he was more interested in Linda Hamilton anyway. So, <laughs> well, who was? I mean, Linda Hamilton's still. Yeah, she was pretty hot back then. So she, this this really isn't your typical vampire movie. No. Um, that's also one thing that's very unique about this movie is, you know, they're vampires. It's pretty obvious from where they go in this movie, but it's not your typical vampire, you know, lore and, and no. whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely not your old school uh, wooden stakes. Uh, yeah, the whole silver bullet kills vampires too, which I'm still confused about that with werewolves and garlic and all that. I mean, you get the main thing is what the through all of them is the whole sunlight thing, right? So that's it. So yeah, they really went off like in a hey, everybody's going this way with all the the old school stuff. We're going to the right. And yeah. they don't even mention the word vampire in the whole movie. No, no, they don't. I, I noticed no, that. Yeah, nothing. And, um, so let's get into the trailer, and then we'll really get into the meat of the movie here real quick. So let's get this trailer. Bring on the trailer. Might as well just kill me then, too. Caleb Colton no longer belongs to our world. We'll give him a week to see if we can call him one of us. He belongs to hers. But you have to learn to kill. He belongs to theirs. I want to kill. He makes a kill tonight. And they all belong. I love that shot. Tonight. That shot's pretty yeah. awesome. Short for us to get home. You help me out. What are you on? Believe me, I told you. Don't think of it as killing. Amen. Amen. Don't think at all. <laughs> It's something that you do night after night. It's only ever a question. Nervous? I would be too if I were you. Near dark. The bigger boys fall in with the trouble. Check out time. <laughs> oh, that's still one of my favorite uh, kills in the movie. Just that whole line and then boom, yeah. blowing a hole through the door and the uh, officer outside of it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that scene here in just a little bit because that's one of the main ones I want to talk about. But so we, we, you know, we've talked about this is a vampire movie and it opens up with a shot of um, a mosquito, which I found to be pretty interesting. I don't think yeah. I've ever really noticed that before. Yeah, it's um, just the mosquitoes sitting there drinking blood. Hello, vampires. Yeah, drinking blood. It, it's a it's a cool little reference to something that you probably never really thought about before because you think vampire, you think bats, you know, shit like that. Um, I never really considered the mosquito thing and that's kind of a, it's a weird little juxtaposition and, and like yeah. switch of, uh, of style. So, and that kind of fits this movie quite a bit. Um, so we, we're in a, and th- this movie takes place in a very small town. Is it in Texas? 
No, he's in, uh, he lives in Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah, he ended up in Texas at some point. Yeah, well, I think his dad ends up in Waco. I mean, this whole thing, it basically jumps through the Midwest right there at Texas. It's Oklahoma, Texas. I think at one time they find him in Kansas because mm-hmm. that's when the dad's looking for him. He says, crap, I'm going the wrong way. I need to head north, so he has to go back up to Kansas. Right, so, right. So, yeah, but I think he is from Oklahoma. He's trying to buy a bus ticket later in the film to go home to Oklahoma. Okay, yeah. I just wasn't paying close enough attention to that. I just remember that was the one thing I did catch was when they mentioned Texas. But, um, well, well, of course, you know, I would catch that immediately. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but we open up with our, our, our main character, Caleb, Adrian Pastar. Um, <clears throat> he's going into town to do whatever it does, it is he does in, in Oklahoma. He sees a nice little young lady eating some ice cream on the side of the street. Dude, she looks hot. I mean, I know that this is 80s, and they, you know, they did that whole uh, uh, bringing back uh, the whole country music lifestyle type thing during yeah. the 80s for a little bit. Everybody was wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats. But, dude, the, her walking out there with her thumb in the top of her jeans, just sitting there eating that ice cream cone, and she, yeah. always I, I had such a crush on her. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want to meet a girl like me when I get older because, I mean, this movie came out. I was only 10. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, later in life, it's like, oh, I want to meet a May one day. Now, he, he sees her. He's with his buddies, and he's like, you know, I'm going to go after her. And uh, he's a very pushy fellow, I have to say. Um, <laughs> Even pushes his own friend away. Is his, his one buddy's like, hey, I'm going to go talk to her. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. I'm going after this one. But he he's super pushy with May, too. Like, he is really putting it on and trying to get in her pants, man. And uh, <laughs> I found yeah. I, I found that to be pretty crazy because he's, he's constantly trying to force kisses on her and whatnot. And she's like, it's obvious she's like, no, dude. And we we know why from from watching yeah. this so many times now but especially when you're watching it from the get-go and yeah never seen it before it could go anywhere at this point but um so his first clue that something crazy is 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 going on with her um is he takes her to see a horse and the horse freaks out animals always react to the bad guy in a yeah. sense or something's off you know because animals do that i mean dogs know when they got bad people around right but it's the like in lost is- boys the dog can what does Corey Feldman say? Your dog knows a flesh eater when he smells it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, the horse fills it and everything. And I mean, um, and he's like, he's freaked out. He's like, wow, you don't want to pet a horse. I mean, everybody loves a horse, you know? Yeah. And then just immediately after that, it's like, what time is it? She's mm-hmm. and time is of the essence for her. All of a sudden it doesn't, Hey, I'm having a great time, but what yeah. fucking time is it? I need to be somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And then like, he brings up like, was your daddy going to give you a whooping when you get home because you're out late, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And, and, it, and, and, you know, like I said, him being pushy, I mean, ultimately what him being pushy is what gets him in a ton of shit. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Um, well, he kind of, he kind of asked for it. I mean, I think she was, she might've been out. You know, we find out later what she is, but she might've been out there, but I think she was going to let him off the hook because she probably thought he was a nice guy. Yeah. And was going to do that. But the whole thing where he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, he literally stops a truck, puts the keys in his shirt. Yeah. He says, I'm not going nowhere until I get a kiss. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it leads to his ultimate fate there. Right. And she, you know, this is where this movie also shows you it's, well, <laughs> shows you its teeth in a literal <laughs> sense. Um, but it, it doesn't show any teeth like your traditional yeah. vampire faces changing or the 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 long canines where they're biting people they're just casually making out and all of a sudden she bites him on the neck yeah. uh, and, and you know he's like what the hell's going on she runs off she's freaking out because dawn's coming 
Um, so he's just kind of thrown into the mix and he's like, this chick just bit me and ran off. Like what's going yeah. on? She's kinky. I like it. I'm going to chase her down. Hello. I'm into this right. kind of thing. Let me, what he doesn't know is that his life has just changed because you should have just let the girl go home Yeah. instead of being a pushy ass, Mr. Well, again, his pushiness gets him in some shit. Cause he, his truck breaks down. He has to walk home oh. and holy shit. Like he just starts. Start smoking uh, as the sun comes up. Like I would, I think I would be a little more concerned than he is at this point. He's just like, he sh it shows his face at one point. He's just got this look like what's going on. Like my fucking skin is skin smoking. Is smoking. <laughs> I am on fire. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I, I mean, I know it gets hot in Oklahoma, but not when the right. sun comes up. Hello. We know what a sunburn feels like, but when you literally see smoke coming out of your jacket, you're like something's wrong, but that's the other cool thing about this. I mean, in most of your vampire movies, it takes time. Yeah, like you get bit, you don't immediately start having the powers of a vampire, as in most of the movies. Are you like even Michael in mm -hmm. Lost Boys? Right. It took time, like he had to feed, but he did gain little powers slowly. I mean, this is literally an hour or two right. yeah. from when she bit him, and he's trying to walk home, and he's turned into you know crispy critter mm -hmm. walking across the field. And I got to bring this up because this is a part about Caleb I have a problem with is his body acting, quote unquote, right. is some of the worst I've ever seen in a movie. Through yeah, this he, whole movie. <laughs> I, I would say for the star of the movie, he really is the weakest part of the movie. Oh, um, like I said, I didn't do a, a deep dive on him. Uh, but I, I don't, you know, he really hasn't been in a ton of stuff, didn't no. go on to be in a ton of stuff. And this movie may be some some reason for that because he's <laughs> he's not the best part. Um, he kind of leads us through the story, but he, you know, he leaves a lot to be desired from a no, leading, yeah. from a leader of the movie, you know. Yeah, I mean, later in this movie, we we really know who the star of the movie is later. Oh, we, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, we'll meet him here in just a second as... You know, as Caleb is trying to get to his dad's farm, we find his dad's a veterinarian. Um, and his dad, uh, God, what's his dad's name? Um, I can't remember. Uh, Tim Thompson. Yeah, Thomerson. Yeah. Now, that guy was in also a lot of B-movies back in the 80s, like Dollman and Trancers and stuff. That's what I actually remember him from. So when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, hey, I know that yeah. guy. I, yeah, Trancers would be what I would remember him from. He's been yeah. in a lot of stuff. His dad's name's, but yeah, you see his uh, sister, Sarah, and Loy, his dad, were there looking at him. And you're like, you just see him, hey. He's cutting across the field to try and get home faster because his fucking skin is catching on fire. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, this RV pulls up and snatches him in. And this is where this movie takes a complete turn. So we get in this RV and we're introduced First to Bill Paxton's character, Severin, um, who is just the heart and soul of this movie. But <laughs> if you are a Bill Paxton fan and you have not seen this movie, I, and I think I can speak for Jason, highly recommend you check this movie out. Dude, if, I mean, if, like I said, I mean, of course, everybody saw him in Aliens and, and then everybody saw him in Predator 2. Uh, I mean, then Twister and all of his other big films like that. Yeah. But if you really want something where they kind of just spotlight Bill Paxton being like, I'm just having a great time to make this movie and I'm going to throw out a crap load of one-liners yeah. and drink some beers and whatever. But I mean, not drinking beer, but basically it's what he was doing while he was shooting this movie. He was loose, man. He was just, he was a wild man. Yeah, and it was I great. Mean, it he, was just, 
Ooh. He is chewing up the scenery in this movie like it's nobody's business. And I don't know if that was direction from the director, if they just let him kind of go on his own. But this is this movie is worth watching just to see Bill Paxton's performance. Yeah. He so, basically picks up from his uh I forgot his character's name in Aliens, but the whole Hudson. Game, yeah, Hudson yeah. game over, man. <laughs> but the, that that acting like that, that over the top, just mm-hmm. even that little piece where Hudson does that is it it's a it's a scene stiller in the movie i mean everybody remembers yeah. that part and then he does the same thing in this but he does it over and over and over and yeah. over again, and that's what makes it great so we're introduced to him we're introduced to lance henriksen and um well they're uh, uh, it's it's uh jesse hooker and diamondback yep is their their character names and we meet homer and homer. don't you damn well say the name wrong it is spelled h-o-m-e-r and yeah he got, and he's got caleb by the nuts when he's trying to tell him right. how to spell his name so and, we find out that may is a is is running with a group of vampires and you know they've got all the windows in the in the rv taped up uh spray found, painted i found it a little problematic as they're driving in this scene because their sun shining right in through the little spots of tape that they've got on the windshield. Yeah. And I know they've got garbs covering themselves up, but still like they've only got glasses on their faces. So yeah. like something would be burning on them and in, in, in what they've set up so far, but yeah. you've got to get through the movie somehow. Oh yes. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have those little pieces. But I do pieces. like that when they are burning, it's not, if you go out in the, you don't instantly just explode. Boom. Now, now you do explode at some point. point. <laughs> we will see that later. Uh, but it's not, it's not, you know, they, they at least establish that even if you're stuck in the sun, you got a little bit of time to find some shelter before you'll get fucked yeah. up. Yeah. You just look like, a, you know, the marshmallow over the campfire, you know, it gets that nice burnt black layer. On the you're a little outside. toasty. <laughs> yeah. You're a little squishy on the inside, but you're burnt and crispy. No, I got one question. All right. We, we see Lance Hen- Hendrickson's character in this movie and, uh, Dude, it's, it's he always looked this way in every movie. He looks like harsh. Like I mean, I know they put the big scar on his face, yeah. but he, but he looked like this in like Pumpkinhead. Uh, he's a, he's a very it's very weathered face. looking gentleman. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, even as he, I mean, even when he got older, like what was it Alien versus Predator when he's in yeah. that one too? Yeah. He still kind of looked like he did in the eighties. He, I wouldn't say he aged well, but he really didn't age. He's always looked like he was like sixty, yeah, and lived a harsh life. So well, I've seen I've seen some recent pictures of him now, and he's starting to look a little different. Like when I was doing my research for this and and doing Wikipedia and stuff on him, he he definitely looks his age now for sure. Uh, oh. But yeah, I mean, for a long period, Lance Hendrickson like just looked he looked the same for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they play him up pretty good in this. I mean, because they've got the scar on his face and the long fingernails. Um, they really do him do him up yeah. in this. Yeah, I read a thing doing the stuff for this movie is that uh, when he got the part, he actually got in an RV and drove to the set, like cross country, and he picked up hitchhikers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he already, but he was already in costume. He dressed like Jesse and mm-hmm. drove cross country and picked up. Uh, hitchhikers and then it's also kind of funny because everybody talks about how he looks and how kind of scary he is and they're like i wonder if missing persons had an uptick when he was going cross country did uh did lance kind of knock off a couple hitchhikers here and there because he would be that that look of him would look like he was like maybe a serial killer going across the country so i definitely when the guy pulled up to open the door hey you want to hop in i'm headed to where i forgot where they they actually shot this movie in arizona or something not in oklahoma but 
you know, you see him dressed like that, I'll be like, no, dude, I'll wait on the next one. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he's not the kind of person I would get into a van with. For sure. <laughs> no. I'll I'll just walk for a little further, sir. I'll I'll find a nice wholesome family in a, you know. Well, we get into that too. I mean, they they kind of take Caleb in, she, you know, uh they're gonna kill him, but Jenny or Jenny Wright's character, uh May says May. that she's been him and he should have turned by now. So they're gonna yeah. give him a chance to join the crew. And that's when we kind of see what their whole ploy is. They, they they park for the daytime, they go out at night, they kind of split up and hunt on their own. Yeah, um, I mean and they're gonna give him. I think it was a Jason. He gets a week to hunt. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna give him a chance because I mean, you do. I mean, you got to be part of the family if you're gonna live. You got to hunt. Right. And if not, you're a Henderson. And, and you I get mean, a you you learn a lot in the dialogue they have here too because um, you briefly get Homer saying that he changed May. Um, now May's taking him on, uh, taking Caleb on. Um, we sort of kind of get some hints at how long jesse and diamondback and severin have been around oh well i was gonna say uh well we get to the part where obviously they just kidnapped caleb so hey we got to get rid of the vehicles so they're burning the rv and it touches on what you were just saying about uh because severin and jesse have this back and forth about hey you remember that fire we set in chicago yeah and I, they're referencing, you know, the Great Chicago Fire. I think it's 1871. It was in the late 1800s. So, therefore, you're already getting a little bit of how mm-hmm. old at least Severin and Jesse are. Yeah. And then and, later and la- later, you get an exchange between Caleb and Jesse. And Jesse yeah. or uh, Caleb wants to know how old he is. And he's like, let's just put it this way. I fought for the South. For the South. And we lost. <laughs> and we lost. <laughs> so, that at least puts him into the 1860s. So. Right. And then you also get a little bit, like, you get a little hint at, um, where he found Diamondback, and, and oh yeah, kind of a brief the little encounter they had there. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the thing that I found most interesting was Homer and how he hunts for people. He's got he's how old do you think he is in this? Twelve or thirteen, maybe? Like, yeah, yeah I think they changed they they obviously changed him as a child. He might have been like a a homeless kid or something like that, and they changed him and took him in because he mentions yeah. that I'm a man trapped in a. Mm-hmm. Uh, a kid's body you know because him and severance are have, uh, having that back and forth because i guess it's something he always gripes about yeah it's like he'll never be a man <laughs> you won't shut up about it is what bill Paxton yeah. says. you gotta hear about it all the damn time but he uses that to his advantage for his kills mm-hmm. yeah he, he he fakes being like hit on a bicycle for people to stop yeah. i thought that was really cool and uh the way they portray the vampires in this is very interesting uh, as you've said before, they don't call them vampires. They don't really have a name for what they do. They just know they have to hunt. And um, they sort of portray them as almost like junkies, you know, like they're all very weathered, um, especially Caleb. I mean, he's newly turned. He's trying to get to his first kill. You find out that he is deep down a good person. He finds a very moral a very good moral dilemma in this. Yeah. He does not want to kill people. He's scared to death. Yeah. Um, I think that's the one thing this, the actor Adrian Pastar gets across pretty well is he is afraid yeah. of what he's become. Yeah. Well, um, again, he did it to himself. Should just let her out of the car. Took yeah. her home. Yeah. It's your own fault, bro. And you know, he, he tries to catch a bus home. He has an interaction with a cop. Um, 
the and the cop I, thinks he's a junkie. I mean, just the way he looks, he's like, is he strung out on something? Right. He's like, what are you on, kid? You know? Yeah. He hasn't fed. He doesn't know that he's got to, you know, he's got to survive on blood. And uh, I found this exchange between he and the cop pretty good because I always found it odd when I was a kid because the cop's got a, a hand that's all wrapped up in a bandage and you can see blood through it. Yeah, but he's checking Caleb's eyes with that hand, and you can see Caleb like just like looking. Like, he can like almost like he can smell the blood. Yeah, you know, and so I thought that was a nice little little added bonus there. It's like it seems it, it, on the surface it seems just kind of out of nowhere, but then yeah. you really kind of see where they're going with that. Yeah, and you think the cops, you know, being a dick. I mean, not not all cops are dicks there are some cool ones which you think yeah. at first and then he ends up giving him the bus money so i think it's like three dollars short and yeah, yeah but the, i remember him that's what confused me he's like all right he had 11 he needed 14 but then he goes and buys the candy bar which he finds out he cannot eat anymore because it's not appetizing yeah. because his hunger for blood i'm like well didn't that make him short but then I, after this watch and paying attention he, he had changed too so i was like why did you throw that change on that bus ticket man yeah remember know. this is 87 candy yeah. bars cost a quarter back then yeah that's true but the cop gives him the money to get the bus uh ticket home but i mean then we shoot to him on the bus and i'm like oh cool he's going home and then he has to get off the bus and he's like slobbering and stuff oozing out of his mouth or something yeah. and he's got to get off the bus because the hunger but just only a few seconds later, he makes it all the way back to May. And I'm like, that is like the shortest bus drive out of town ever. Because <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're on a bus. I mean, they're they're moving. They're going out. But as soon as he gets off, it's just uh, immediately he's right back there with May. There's a couple of times they do that in this movie that I found pretty convenient. Um, <laughs> it's like, did the bus end up going out of town right past the place where they were hiding the truck? Yeah. That's all I could think of. There's a there's a scene shortly after this. Uh, well, from here, I mean, she kind of explains to him that you have to feed. feed. She offers her blood to him, and he kind of feasts on that. And you really see him change. Like they do a good job of seeing how he he completely changes his body posture, his mood, everything changes now that he's he had fed. blood because yeah. he's fed. But after they figure all this out, he 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 has a little bit of you know nourishment from having some blood in him. Um, he makes a call to his dad who's not home. And then again, like he's walking up a street and she just pops out from out of nowhere. Like he's wandering on his own, and all of a sudden she shows up. It's almost like she's never too far behind him. Like, like maybe yeah, well, she's just following his every move. I almost kind of wonder sometimes too, is like you know, the whole vampire thing where they can either fly or turn into a bat. Because even like in the beginning of the movie where she runs out of the truck, I mean, the sun is coming up. Yeah. And she's in the middle of nowhere, but I, I know she makes it back to the RV. Yeah. How does she get there so fast? I mean, does she have, you know, superhuman speed? Can she fly or something? Because like you said, out of nowhere, she pops well, they, up. They don't really give us anything leading to that they have anything like that. Yeah. But they do. When he takes her to go see the horse, he lassos her and yeah. he's pulling her towards him. And then she yeah. starts pulling him. Yeah. He's like, she's strong. You're strong. And she's like, I'm stronger than you. Yeah. But Caleb calls home, but his dad and sister are already fed up with the cops back in Oklahoma because nobody showed up in time to file a report. So they're like, fuck it. We're going to go look for my son. Yeah. on my own because the cops aren't helping me out that cop was a dick yeah and uh, that was helping out so yeah he calls home no answer from here this is where we really start to catch it. caleb is having a very big dilemma with killing they they hitchhike they try to get on a, a truck with a guy may pushes him to try and kill the guy he can't do it and so she ends up doing it for him 
He let she lets him feed off of her some more. And this is where symbolism kind of shows a little bit too, because she's letting him feed in an oil. <laughs> an oil what is it uh, the, the oil pumps yeah it's like <laughs> so it's like the blood flow stuff oh, i thought that was pretty clever the imagery of the whole oil pump out in the middle of nowhere it's pumping through right back into caleb and yeah she's basically like his freaking waffle house <laughs> she's here <laughs> feed off of me I'll, i got you man but he's getting greedy like he he's he's enjoying drinking her blood and she has to like push him off of her because yeah. she's like listen you can kill me if you drink too much and the you cut to him and he's got this really big smile on his yeah. face. Like he and thinks it's funny. Like, yeah. He, like he just, he, he realizes, Oh, this is, I think he realizes what he has, but he's just at such a moral dilemma to be able to do it. Uh, he just can't pull the trigger quote unquote to, to kill somebody, but that's what he's going to have to do if he wants to be a part of this life. And yeah, because you know, it's right after that. Yeah. Cause then they're, they're threatening him again that if you don't kill, we're they're basically going to kill him. I mean, they yeah. said, you know, like they said, you know, you don't have to die, but you can suffer. Basically, mm-hmm. it might take you forever to die. I think it's what Diamondback tells him because they're on the train. Yeah, they had hopped hopped a train because that's one thing is man, they jump vehicle to vehicle. They're making sure nobody can track them down. Yeah, I found it pretty funny after they ditch the first RV, they go to the car lot to grab something, and Bill Paxton is stealing a car from a car lot. And you can see a nice little van with no windows in the background. And it looks like he's going towards it. And all of a sudden he veers right and he gets in this like old crummy Jeep station wagon. Wagon, look at that. Yeah. (laughs) That has windows all through it. It's like, dude, why didn't you go for the van? That would have been a whole lot better for you. Yeah. Get the the panel van or the, uh, we always called them when we were kids, the the Chester vans, you know, the Chester child molester vans, the vans that had no windows. Yep. All you have is a windshield and the two for the doors. That was it. That would have been there perfect. I only had to spray paint two, three windows. Yeah. But no, he goes with the cool little ride, but they ended up dumping it. And then we get to this part. They're on a train. Mm-hmm. And then this the part, like in the uh, trailer that me and you both were like, oh, we get that iconic scene, which I've seen that as a movie poster too. Yeah. Uh, the, the the family walking up at the top of the hill with the smoke and the back shot of them all in shadow. Mm-hmm. And then you see the diner or the bar down below them, like, ah, it's time to feed. Yeah. So the, they, they give, they give Caleb an ultimatum. He says he has to make a kill tonight or they're going to kill him. Um, You know, you've got the dilemma there. He doesn't want to make a kill may, you know, wants him to do it, wants him to be part of the group. But if he doesn't make a kill, they just can't trust him. They can't make him a part of all of this. Wow. And, and Bill Paxton is chomping at the bit <laughs> to do something to this he's guy. ready to kill he him, yeah. has no respect for this guy wants him out of there so this bar scene is one of the best scenes of the movie yeah it's actually a good scene in b movie history period if you want to call that i mean it's i love this scene i mean i've even like today i went back and was watching it again when we started today because it's it's a great scene yeah okay so we're gonna play the scene when they walk into the uh the bar here and <laughs> <laughs> i just love the very first line when they all walk in and yeah that the music uh the people who did them it wasn't it, they did it as uh, a german band like tangerine dream dream yeah that which sounds a lot like some uh bands we listen to today like laser hawk <laughs> yeah yeah 
Like Laser Hawk could do the remake of this movie. <laughs> and we haven't mentioned that like Severn is dressed in like all leather clad. I mean, they look dirty, nasty. Like they look like nomads. Yeah, the nomads, and that's what they said they were going for was like nomadic vampires that just yeah. traveled around. Shots, you never donk, you pissed yourself in hell, cocksuckers. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> you spilled my drink. Well, why don't you look it up off the bar, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's just a taste of what we get with Bill Dude, Paxton in that yeah, scene. Uh, well, it's just like him, his whole attitude, anyway, is like I, he knows he's immortal. He don't care about knocking that guy's drink over. That guy could have a gun or a freaking Bowie knife or whatever. It, it, what, what's the matter to him? I'm going to yeah. heal. I'm going to eat you later anyway. But it's just, yeah, he just don't give a fuck about anything. And I, you've got, you know, the, he, he takes Caleb and sets him at the bar to trying to, trying to get him to a point where he's going to do something. Everybody else sits at a little booth and they start messing with the waitress. And I think that's a nice little, little, Oh yeah, where's between you got them? Jesse and Diamondback and all of yeah. them sitting at the table. They were got Jesse coming on to the waitress and you know getting close to her. You got Diamondback who could play like the jealous girlfriend type, but you see that she's getting her switchblade ready to open this girl up. Yeah, because they that because they brought the beer in the glass. He says, I don't need the beer, I just need a glass. Yeah. So you're like, what are they about to do with this glass? Well, like you said, where it's basically like he's playing her to keep her focused on him so yeah. she can come up and do her job she basically opens her up like a a freaking water jug grabs her and like pulls her down like here let me uh, fill up my glass here like a beer tap out of your throat yep and then he just throws her on the fucking floor and like home, and homer you know he he's this you know 12 13 year old vampire you know kid looking kid and he's actually a grown man in a a little kid's body but yeah. he's just like casually dancing in the background and like <laughs> this is just nothing to him and uh may's just keeping to herself during this and you're really just sitting there with caleb seeing how it is that they terrorize people i think it's caleb no the, the guy that he fucks with his drink uh goes to hit severin and hits caleb instead yep. bill paxton puts him in front of him and, <laughs> and caleb hits the guy and knocks him across the bar into the pool table. And he's like, like flies I? way across the room. <laughs> he goes, did I do that? I, do that? <laughs> I saw I had that in my nose. It's like, I like a picture of Steve Urkel. Did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> he like knocks the guy all the way across. And he's like, Whoa, mm-hmm. wait, you kind of see the look in his eyes. Like, Whoa, you know, the taste I'm getting used to the taste, but yep. I don't want to kill, but I can do that if I feed mm-hmm. and probably other things. And they just start picking these guys off one by one. You got your long-haired shit kicker guy over at the jukebox that Bill Paxton starts fucking with. I love the Severin chicken dance. Yeah. That- he starts dancing around this guy. <laughs> the guy's like, hey, man, I don't want any trouble. And Bill Paxton just goes into him. And uh, <laughs> the guy tries to choke Bill Paxton out, and he starts faking it for a minute. <laughs> and he's taking the guy's glasses off of his head, and he's putting them on him too and i think yeah. i read that bill paxton like totally improvised that whole or ad-libbed that whole scene that part right there it was just all ad-libbed well it's great it's great <laughs> he he finally gets to a point where he can bite the guy and he's i hate him when they ain't been shaved <laughs> that's my favorite line dude it's, that's it's good and then I mean, when he's then when he's done feeding on the guy he's 
finger looking good. Looking good. <laughs> but it's just the, the, that look. I mean, I mean, we, you, we can only try to convey this as much as we can on, on a podcast. Yeah. But just that scene, I mean, he's got blood all down his face. I mean, yeah. he's not wearing a shirt, so it's all down him and everything. And he's just like, he's finger looking good. Yeah, <laughs> and that great. voice he's doing, he's like, He's out of there, dude. I mean, yeah. Bill Paxton takes it to 10 and turns it up to 11 and 12 for this yeah. whole bar scene. It's just, it's crazy. So the bartender thinks he's going to get a shot and he shoots Caleb right in the gut with a fucking double barrel shotgun. And this Caleb like, Oh, what? <laughs> he's just looking at this fucking hole in his belly. And he's like, Oh, am I dead? <laughs> like I say, Caleb, it's not the best per actor in this movie. The the character of Caleb no. is just like, it just Bill Pax is like looking at him. I forgot what he says. Hey, that's wild or something like that. Yeah. And I'm just He's like, just giving him shit about it. But what what really sets all this off is I mean they take out all these people in this bar and there's one guy left that they're leaving for Caleb to take care of because this has got to be his kill. And uh, May starts fucking with his head a little bit, and I think this is cool because she. She wants this. She wants him as part of the group. She wants a companion, but she can see where he's coming from. But she goes over and starts dancing with this guy. Yeah, and I love that. It was a, that nice country slow song. I think it might have been a George Strait song or something. something. It, it's a country yeah, song. It, it is sure. a young, innocent kid. Like, Dad, I'm going down to the bar to go shoot some pool with my friends and blah blah blah. Yeah. And then this is going on, and he's just so innocent, sitting in the corner, like, what the hell is going? And then Pretty Little May. That, that was what I was right. thinking when I was watching this. I was like, he has to be young because he just stands there frozen through all of this. Like, yeah, he's just like anybody who really cared about their own life probably would have tried to have gotten away by now. But he's seeing all this mayhem go on and he's thinking, how the hell am I supposed to get out of this? Uh, but as soon as she starts dancing with him, he knows he's in for it. And that's what sparks Caleb is he's jealous that she goes over and starts dancing with him. Yeah. Um, and Diamondback and Jesse use this to their advantage because, like I said with the waitress, he's hitting, basically hitting on her, and Diamondback is falling behind and doing the dirty work. Yeah. Um. So that's that kind of shows you where she would like to lead Caleb down that same path. Is maybe we could that, do this can, together. Yeah. Is, could it be a, like a teamwork type thing? You don't have to do it all by yourself. I mean, we can do this forever to the end of eternity. You know, and we'll I'll set them up. You take them out. Or yeah. they can go back and forth. But, dude, that I, I forgot if it's before that or after that, but when Bill Paxton kills the bartender with the spurs. Yeah. Dude, he hops up on the bar, and you can actually – I mean, whoever did the makeup for that, the effects back then for that, yeah. that, that cut on the necks is like, whoa. It looked real. Yeah. There's some pretty gruesome shit in this movie. Yeah. I, for, I just, for 87, um, when we get to the finale – some of the some of the makeup effects they do on Bill Paxton, like you mentioned on the cover art for this, um, where he's burned up and whatnot. I mean, it looks really, really good. The kid runs off. He gets away. They tell Caleb to go after him. And Caleb, again, he gets him, knocks him down, can't do it. He's just too good of a person. Let him go, yeah. And uh, that, you know, why they wouldn't have killed him right then and there, I don't know. Maybe it's May, you know, try, keeping mm -hmm. them from doing it. But they decide they need to get the hell out of Dodge because this kid's going to go to the police. They go to a motel. And uh, there's a weird exchange between Jesse and the guy at the front desk. Yeah, because they're, he talks like he said, you look familiar. Like you like his, the, the guy re remembers him. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, you look at Jesse's face with the scar and all that stuff. It's definitely a, a, remem a memorable scar. Yeah. 
And he's like, yeah, you come through there. And then Jesse says, yeah, I make it through here about every 50 years or so. Yeah. It is like, does he Which really? is pretty funny. Now, there's something going on with that little mat that was on the desk because they cut to that and Jesse's looking at it. And when the guy hands over the keys, Jesse grabs it with his with his scarf or something. He doesn't grab it with his bare hands. I need to look at that again. Whoa, that's, a, I, that's something I missed. Maybe there's something up with that. Maybe he couldn't touch it. Or maybe it was sitting in the sun, like the sun was coming through. Uh, it could have been that. Or I think there was like a maybe a religious emblem or something that was on this mat that he maybe maybe set it on. It's something that I caught and I meant to go back and look at and forgot. Um, hmm. But the sun's coming up and they've got to, they've got to sleep. They've got to get out of the sun. And then sure enough, the kid went to the police and now they're surrounded by police at this motel. Yeah. This is another great scene in this movie is when they decide that they've got to get the hell out of Dodge. They're trapped in this room and it's daylight. They can't get out unless, you know, they're risking their lives trying to get out of this room. And you get another great line from Bill Paxton. They start delving out the arsenal, getting their guns ready. They don't want to give anything to Caleb because of the fact that he fucked up. But I love that when bill paxton starts the gun show the the the, the gun show yeah and he's checkout time <laughs> he blows a fucking hole through the door <laughs> and through the cop on the other side of it but it it like pierces him right in this right in the gut with a with a beam of uh sunlight yeah it comes right through bam and it knocks him back across the room yeah because you i mean you know like they said that's their main fear i guess because they know they're immortal but they are so definitely afraid of the sun i mean because you see like when they find out the cops are there homer is almost hysterical yeah he's like, afraid of the sun like yeah he, i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna die i'm gonna die this is how i die you know and you know they're doing their best but caleb tries to show him that hey um i guess this is the kind of life i live because i mean he's art nobody from his family's found him yet he's kind of on his own with these nomads and yeah. he goes, I'm going to step up. I'm going to save the day. Yeah. And he knows he's going to have to do it the hard way. I mean, they're all giving him hell. Like, yeah, go right ahead, dude. They're going to blow you away, you know, on your way there. And you're going to turn into a freaking crispy marshmallow. Yeah. But he does save the day. I mean, he drives the van right into the hotel room. Turns to a drive through Yeah. <laughs> Literally goes out the other side, too. Yeah. But you can tell by the exchange between he and Jesse, like he he's impressed them. He's gotten them out of a situation. So they're going to give him some more time and they end up in another hotel down the road. This is where it gets a little interesting. Uh, you get a little bit more of the backstory, the exchange between Caleb and Jesse about how old Jesse is. Yeah. Um, I, they're so dirty, like when they've been in the sun and they've got the burns on them and whatnot. Like they just dude, look so gross. Dude, I have it right here. It's like, do these fucking people ever take a bath? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they are the dirtiest. I mean, the, I mean, I know they're vampires. They're the walking dead in a sense or whatever you want to call them. But they've got a smell from yeah. dried blood and everything. Because there's one part. But I mean, I know we're way ahead of that. But remember the part where Bill Paxton went out to hunt him? He's wearing the nice white shirt and he's all cleaned up. Mm -hmm. He obviously had to take a shower to get looking like that. Yeah. yeah. But he's the only one that you ever see besides May that actually looks somewhat decent for at least three minutes in the movie. Yeah. The rest of them, they look, they're haggard looking. Like, right. But yeah, I, I'm thinking, <laughs> hey, you're in a hotel, dude. There's a shower. Hop yeah. in there. Scrub yeah. a dub dub. You don't just have to sleep in the tub. You can actually utilize it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. They were in this, right? He was in the tub. 
but he gets a uh because of his impressing them remember uh severin gives him a boot spur one of his spurs yeah and it's he's a nice proud of the exchange of yeah like good job buddy and gives him one of his spurs um and again that you know that's that's when they start kind of getting a little more friendly with him he and may go out to look at the night that's one of her big things throughout this is she likes to look at the night yeah the and, stars and listen to the night and all that stuff um or, or if that kind of you know, goes back to the old Bram Stoker Dracula thing. Remember, he says, you know, the children of the night, you know, yeah. you can always hear everything. They keep doing that a lot, uh, especially with May. Well, that exchange at the beginning of the movies, she was talking about you see the light in that star that by the time it actually got here, yeah, would be so far, but I would be here to see it. So mm-hmm. that was before he found out who she, what she was. And I was like, man, there's a hint right there. Yeah. Either that or this lady's on some good drugs mm-hmm. saying she's going to be here when next billion years, but. But out of the one in a millionth chance that this could have ever happened. (laughs) (laughs) This is good writing right here, man. Or is it lazy writing? (laughs) Homer goes out to smoke a cigarette or something and sees this little girl at the drink machine. And lo and behold, it's Caleb's sister, Sarah. Oh, how convenient. They've ended up in the same hotel as as, uh, the dad and the the sister. And uh, you can see that Homer is infatuated. Homer's kind of in the same boat as I think that was kind of what we're supposed to learn from what they say in this is that Homer turned um, May to have a companion, but she was older and, you know, they allude to a lot of things, but I think that was supposed to be like, she was supposed to be Homer's companion. That didn't work out. Now she's got hers. Now Homer's looking for, uh, you know, a a, a smaller person to have as a companion. Yeah. Well, because Homer does hold a lot of animosity toward Caleb throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Talking about how perfect his face is and how pretty he is and stuff like that because of the whole, well, she was supposed to be mine, but now she wants you. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, why would someone like that want to be with a little kid? mm -hmm. But, you know, he becomes infatuated with Sarah, Caleb's sister, brings her into the hotel room. She makes the observation that they stay up pretty late and then you get another it's good, 5 a.m yeah you get another good one-liner from bill paxton we have odd hours i was just like but i love the exchange too like you know those little bitty things is i think it was right before this when they get ready to leave and uh severin and jesse sit down at the table hey you want to play a little five card russian roulette yeah not yeah. five card stud or draw or seven card it's like five card because they know they're more they're just going to shoot each other yeah all right it, well i guess i lost that hand and Jesse, and Jesse catches Severin cheating and pulls the gun. They pull guns on each other. It's yeah, like, you know, it's just fun laugh. to be a vampire. You can just shoot each other whenever you want to. Uh, Diamondback and Severin kind of have this eye thing going on because Homer's over here talking to Sarah and mm-hmm. like, what room are you in? And she sends Severin out to go get her dad. Yeah. And then we bring back and then it's actually Caleb's dad. The family's all here. Yeah. So it's going to, you know, the way it's looking, it's going to be another one of these things where they all have to end up being creatures of the night. And Caleb doesn't want his family being a part of this. He tells them to let them go. You know, he hasn't earned their trust enough to to think that his family won't do something. So there's a big showdown here. And uh, it leads to Caleb getting his family out of there and Caleb goes back home. Um, Oh, I like, I like the one part right before that where uh, Caleb's dad shoots Jesse yeah, and he's in the stomach, and he's up. like, you see, just like, like, yep. <laughs> hands him the damn bullet back. Yep. He's like, spits the bullet up, puts it in his pocket. He goes, you hang on to that. <laughs> that was like, 
Yeah, that's a good scene. Whoa, that's a little disturbing because you could kind of see the look on his dad's face. And then even when they're hopped in the truck because they get away and more bad acting by <laughs> Caleb in the back of the truck. Just yeah. the, oh man. But his dad's just trying to figure out what's going on. His dad's, I'll take you to a hospital. It's like, no, they can't help me with what I got. You don't understand. So this is a very interesting spin in this movie too, is, is they do a blood transfusion on Caleb. I don't know what, I mean, they're looking at all this equipment. He asked his dad if he's ever done a transfusion before, but yeah, they, a blood transfusion cures vampirism. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody else has tried to go that route in in, in a movie or stories before. Actually, uh, I found out that they brought to, in the book of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh-huh. It's uh, I think they say Van Helsing is says that he could possibly cure a vampire through blood transfusion. And I read it in the notes says that's where they got this idea is from the book, not the uh. movies, but the book of uh, something like that. But even in my head, I'm trying to think that, blood transfusion or are they pulling all the blood out of caleb and putting in his dad's blood you know because he is immortal Mm -hmm. and that because on a normal i mean a vampire feeds on blood but if you were just to pump your blood into him you're just feeding them yeah so that was my confusion with the whole thing it's like you can't get too into that in this because they don't do any explaining (laughs) it's just a movie jason But I mean, it's it's a cool idea. It gives you it gives you something, you know, especially when you have a character that is in a moral dilemma like Caleb and who hasn't made a kill yet. It gives you gives him an out and gives him a chance to redeem himself, you know. Yeah. And um, so they do all that, but then you know, May can't stay away. May is infatuated with him. She comes to the house, yeah. and they end up stealing his sister away because because now you know Homer is infatuated with her and wants her. Yeah. He wants his partner just like Diamondback and uh, Jesse. He's got to have it. So it leads to a showdown in town. Caleb goes to go uh, go into town, but all the tires have been flattened, so he takes a horse in town. Uh, a nice little shot. I mean, this really is, you know, a nice little vampire cowboy movie. Um, That's what it is. Basically, it's, it's a it's a vampire it, western. Yeah. And they 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 have they hit all those little tropes with that. I like the shot of him walking, you know, riding into town on the horse. I find it a little hard to believe that nobody would be out and about in this town, <laughs> even even a small little town like that in Oklahoma, like nobody's on the street. Yeah, I mean, like the bit. I mean, well, I mean, I told you, I, I live in a small town and grew up. Small, I mean, it really, about five o'clock, we always made the little joke that the sidewalks roll up. Yeah, at five o'clock it means town shuts down because yeah. there's nothing going on. Businesses shut down, but yeah, the fact that it's we don't know what day of the week it is, but in the middle of town, I mean, it's obviously a good sized town because it's like a four lane little highway going through the middle of town, right? Tr- truck traffic, all that stuff, and there's nobody there. But it, like you said, I agree. That's a cool shot of him, like saving the day. Shot of riding into town on horseback. Mm-hmm. That but, old school western uh, shot. But like we saw earlier, the horse senses the vampires and kicks, bucks him off and takes off. That horse is out of town. He's like, I ain't letting these these people eat me. And then you get Severin again. And then Severin's <laughs> back in the picture. Uh, and you see where the, where their strength lies, too, because he throws Caleb halfway oh. across that damn town. Oh, geez. He beats the living shit out of Caleb. That's that, and, that, uh, one, that first throw, though, I mean, that's good. Yeah. 20, 30 yards. He throws him per the camera angle. But Severn wants his spur back. Like, I hate to be an Indian giver, but I want my spur yeah. back. Another line. Yeah, another yeah. good line. And uh, 
So Caleb happens, the one person coming through town right now is a truck driver with a big semi truck. And uh, he's trying to get in the truck and, 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 and Severin shoots the guy <laughs> right in the head. Bullseye. <laughs> yeah, I just love that. He's looking at that. Yeah. It's like, but, how uh, can he do that? But uh, I guess it's a vampire thing. They got really good eyesight. So, But Caleb hops in and plows right into Severin. And then that's when you get that iconic shot of him like, Busted half, up halfway through, half chewed up but on he's one side, crawling up the front of this thing and just starts beating Rip. into the hood like it's a piece <laughs> of freaking aluminum foil. Yeah, he's ripping out like wiring and any hoses and everything else. What's cool though is that the fact that uh, Caleb was able to do that. Remember, because uh, earlier when they were killed the other truck driver, mm-hmm. the truck driver was telling him how to shift the gears and what not to do. Yeah. And if because and he says why and he says well it will cause your truck to jackknife. Yep. So he and paid attention, and he does it. <laughs> he lets that damn thing jackknife and blows Severin to hell. Yeah. As far as we know, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's did. that's something they leave a little unclear. I mean, you don't get the stakes through the heart in this, but you're you're. I mean, Jesse even says it when Jesse shows up here after after the truck blows up that Severin was was this or he says something about Severin because he's alluding to the fact that he's dead now. Yeah. And um but you've got you've got the car, May, Jesse, and Diamondbacks no nowhere around. And you got Jesse approaching with or uh Caleb approaching Jesse and then all of a sudden you see Diamondback coming up behind him. They're pulling yeah. the same the same stunt from the diner. Yeah. Jesse's distracting while she's coming up behind. Now Sarah gets away just in time to warn Caleb and he ducks and this shot where she chunks <laughs> that knife and it goes right into Lance Hendrickson's mouth. That shit. That's what stuck with me about this movie when I was a kid and then he, <laughs> and he pulls- his head goes up and he pulls it out and like blood splurts out when he pulls it. Oh yeah. So good. Good little effect there. I mean, cause they could have just done the old school like that and pulls it out and been no blood on it or whatever, you know, cause they're vampires, but yeah, just that, and it's a really fast scene. I mean, you get, it doesn't hold up that great a day. The whole part where the knife actually hits him in the head, you can tell yeah. that it's prosthetic head and all that stuff. Right. But but the the quickness of it, and then like you said, where he pulls it out and they show the blood spitting out as he pulls it out. Yeah. That was a cool little, just that little extra little thing made that way better. Right. So Caleb and his sister get away. They take off. They're heading home. And then again, it's just like the beginning. They're coming up after them because. Homer's infatuated with Sarah. Um, you still have you still have uh, May, who's infatuated with Caleb as well. And you know, at this point, I can understand Homer wanting to have his companion, and they're going after after her for that. Yeah. And they get her back, and May sac- tries to sacrifice herself to save her. Yeah, and they she, jump out the back window. They, they jump out the back, and at this point, like. Homer jumps out after them and runs after her. And this is where we see that if you're in the sun long enough, <laughs> your ass will explode. <laughs> yeah. And that's exactly what happens to Homer. Now at this point, you've got Jesse and Diamondback left and they're still pursuing Caleb and May and the, the sister. Why would they continue to pursue at this point? Like how, couldn't you just say like, okay, well we need to cut our losses and get out of here. Cause the sun's up. They're burning to death in this car. Like I don't I just, really understand why they would continue to pursue Caleb at this point. Well, maybe it's just the, uh, cause Jesse's he's old school like that, you know, because they kill severance and obviously they've been around for a while. Yeah. 
and that's that was like a family member and and then homer just got blown blow, or basically committed so something blew himself up yeah but you know that's what it is is maybe he was like screw this and you, you somebody's got to pay blood for blood type thing right and but ultimately but, it just leads to their death i mean they burn to yeah. death in the car the car just goes and they the explode they explode yeah, inside I mean, the car it's a little it's a little bit of a lackluster i was on their part yeah it's kind of like you would expect something bigger out of you know yeah. the, the the two heads of the household of the vampire family and it's just kind of like uh we in the car it rolls off the side of the road and we just burn yep you know, you kind of like walk, walk, walk. <laughs> really? That's all we get? Come on. But then we, 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 you know, we cut to a scene of May waking up and in the sunlight. She, she can't believe it. She's scared to death that she's in the sun, but she's not burning. So Caleb did his transfusion on her and now they can live happily ever after. It took a lot of blood too, because you could see there was a lot more of bottles of that laying around yeah. of the blood bottles. It's like, because I guess maybe she'd been a vampire longer. It took more blood to change her back to normal but yeah but then you kind of see her like she's like a like a, a newborn child like her eyes are just kind of yeah. like she's scared because of the sun and it even does that slow zoom yeah and, and it's almost like did she really want this or right. is she happier being immortal but well, it just shows it goes to show you that how infatuated with her caleb caleb is as well because he's willing to look past the fact that she's brutally murdered people <laughs> and and fed on people's blood for the last however many years of her life. Well, yeah. That's not a big deal. I'll just change you back and all all's well. Yeah, that's okay. I totally forgive you for everything you've ever done. Yeah. How many hundreds of people did you kill across the United States with your weird nomadic vampire family that doesn't know what a bar soap is? Yeah. <laughs> so but we end on them supposedly living happily ever after. So but it's a Disney um, ending. Yay. All right. <laughs> but let's do let's do a bigger quote. You're gonna need a bigger quote. What what was the tagline for this movie? Uh I know there were several, but the one that I found that I, I think I actually remember this was killing you would be easy. They'd rather terrify you forever. At dawn they hide. Hmm. I'm like, okay. It's either that or it's a good decon. Yeah, uh, Roach Motel type thing, you know. <laughs> Roaches hide it. <laughs> don't turn the lights on. They hide. But yeah, that's the one I remember. But as far as the quote, I'm good. I know you have a few that you like, but the uh, I would go with the uh, I hate it when they ain't been shaved. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where this Bill Paxton has a bit of an unfair advantage in this movie because all the good lines come from him. Uh, I mean, Jesse has a couple of good ones in there, but all the ones that I wrote down were things that. That uh, Bill Paxton says he's finger licking good, <laughs> you know. Uh, and when they're when they're in the hotel and Caleb's trying to get a gun, he finally gives him a gun. He says, "Don't shoot your pecker off, boy." <laughs> but then there's also the checkout time when he says checkout time and fires that first round into the cop. I think that's great. Yeah, those Bill Paxton is the star of this movie. He's not the yeah. the headliner, but he basically took over. Mm-hmm. It is. That's why we were saying earlier, if you're a Bill Paxton fan and you have not seen this, just give it a whirl. I mean, yeah, there's some slow parts and you got to wait till you get to him, but it's, it's worth it just for him through the rest of the movie. Absolutely. So that'll lead us to almost famous. Almost famous. I know that dude. I don't know them. I know her. Haven't you ever heard of that guy? That guy who was in that movie that was out last year. 
So you got a, a handful of people in this movie that weren't quite famous yet. And a few that really didn't go on to be very famous at all. Um, <laughs> Caleb, yeah, Adrian Pastor. He, he He's done a handful of things, but nothing you would really be, you know, picking him out of a lineup for. Um, my pick for almost famous was the cop in the bus station. Oh, Troy um, Evans. Troy Evans. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys you saw in all kinds of stuff back in the 80s and early 90s, stuff like that. I mean, he was he was in Teen Wolf, which we've yeah. talked about on the show. He's in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Halloween 5. He was in Twin Peaks. Ace Ventura. Uh, Demolition Man, Under Siege. So this is your guy who's like, I've seen that guy. So I'm like, it's this dude for sure. <laughs> um, some of the other people, like, uh, I mean, Lance Hen- Henriksen, you know him. He's been in some stuff. Oh, yeah. He's been in some bigger, bigger movies as well. Um, the girl who plays Diamondback, Jeanette Goldstein. I don't know if she's really done much else. Um, uh, Aliens and T2, I think Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah, she had a brief little uh, yeah. cameo in T2. Yeah, Tim um, Thomerson, like I said, Doll Man and Trancers. Yeah. Um, uh, Jenny Wright really didn't go on to do a whole lot. May, the girl who played May. Yeah, um, I think she had a bit part in uh, like Lawmore Man, Young Guns 2. She was she played a, a prostitute in Young Guns Two, and uh, uh, she was in Pink Floyd's The Wall, the the movie they did of that. Oh. She she played a part in it. She had, well, she played a prostitute in that as well. Hmm. So. Okay. And you figure, she, but the 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 look she had for the '80s, she would have went on to do so many more movies. Yeah. But and then the Sarah, the sister, uh, was it her name? Marine Leeds. She was in Beaches. The oh. Bette Midler movie. I think she plays the, the young version of the other character, not Bette Midler, I think. But she went on to be a surgeon. She gave up acting. She became a doctor. Wow. So she's saving she, lives. She she learned a little bit from her fake dad in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> or she's good at transfusions. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? Is this is, is, is Near Dark worth a rental? To me, yes. I mean, that's, that's why we're doing this movie. I mean, um, we both like this movie as kids and adults it's definitely a fun little watch uh like we've said throughout this is it great no but that's why we're doing these little things we're going to get these movies that are kind of under the radar but they're still have their, their quality so like i said bill it's a great bill paxton movie even though he's not considered the star he is the star of this movie yeah i mean it's it's worth the rental just to see him chewing up the scenery and really really giving it his his go around because i mean He's he is the reason to watch this. I mean, the story itself and the the take on vampires in this is very unique, and I like that about it. But all in all, I'm watching it for Bill Paxton just going fucking buck wild in it. Most definitely, like it's, al- it's it's almost like a like a, like a Nicolas Cage performance from Bill <laughs> Paxton. You know what I mean? Like, oh God, I don't know. I, I do like some Nicolas Cage things, but yeah, I can see the similarity to it. But I do prefer the Bill Paxton part in this. so So we we definitely would suggest renting this uh for for a vampire movie if you've never seen it it's definitely worth watching for for what we've said but let's go ahead and give our good the bad and the ugly for near dark the good the bad the ugly my good for this is the different take on vampires um how it's just a little bit different, the little things they change and the fact that they don't really call them vampires in this. I like that they just throw you in the middle of this with no real explanation and you just kind of have to follow it from there. Yeah. Um, 
that's that, that's what I that's the edge this movie has for me. That and and the you know Bill Paxton. <laughs> uh, my bad would be Homer. I don't think Homer is that great. I, the the actor that plays Homer, I kind of find to be a little too whiny. Um, and every time <laughs> I, as a kid, yeah, and I mean every time Homer says something in this, I feel like it's cheesier than when somebody else would say something. So Homer is really the worst part of this for me. And the ugly, um, I would say the vampires because they're pretty fucking ugly in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the um, dirty. So the, the different take on vampires is the good. The actual vampires, like the look of the vampires is the ugly because they are fucking dirt balls. In this. They're yeah. not your, your typical sexy vampires. No, definitely not. They're not how Brad Pitt. Yeah. How about you? <laughs> uh, I say uh, my good. I, that's what I had. In my notes was the, the different take on vampires especially for this time that of this movie coming out with the whole fright night and lost boys you know everything was fangs and veiny eyes and bats and everything and it comes along you don't even see any of that in this movies and uh i give uh was it catherine bigelow and eric red who wrote this yeah uh great you know original story you know it's basically a vampire western yeah. Which later down the road, we get John Carpenter's vampires and it's kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. Vampire Western. Um, my bad. Some of the, some of the CGI or the special effects don't really hold up. Yeah. Uh, especially the whole thing where uh, Homer's burning at the end. The other ones were pretty good. You know, just the, like the blankets mm-hmm. on fire. You could tell that was actually practical fire, but at the end it, you could tell that it was CGI fire. Yeah. And it doesn't really hold up that great today. No, uh, my ugly is the horrible acting by Caleb. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's oh sometimes it's just the whole thing where he's basically sick at his stomach he just he looks like us when we didn't want to go to school when yeah. we were kids like mom my tummy hurts <laughs> i think i did better acting back then to get out of going to school than caleb did in this movie so that that's my ugly for the movie there you go so yeah i mean uh you brought up john carpenter's vampires i i would say if you like if you watch near dark if you if you listen to our uh, our little talk about this and you actually like this movie if you've never seen it before and you want to go down that route i mean john carpenter's vampires is another one kind of oh yeah it's 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 a very different story but has similar beats in it and it's it's you know got the western feel just like this one does a little bit and it's john carpenter i mean John Carpenter's got a pretty good track record, if you ask me. Yeah, just so. just a, just a little bit, just a little bit. We might be fanboying fanboying a lot over here with John Carpenter in the future. That's gonna do it for our first episode of VHS Files presents the horror section. We plan on doing this pretty often, as much as we can, whenever we've got time and we've got some time to watch some horror movies and talk about them for you guys, and we'll get them out as quick as we can. But that'll do it for us for this episode, and we will be back. We haven't decided what we're going to do next week, but we will, again, be promoting that on social media. So Hey, if uh, on our social media, if anybody's got a movie, let us know, because it may be something that me and Josh have seen and maybe we haven't watched in a while. Yeah. And something under the radar, we would love to hear what you have. I mean, it could be anything. And me and Josh have probably seen, even if it's something we haven't seen, we'll give it a watch, and we'll, we'll do it on here. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed a little bit of the movies we do want to talk about on here, and some of it are is the newer, like, Shutter exclusives. Um, we'd like to talk about those a little bit because some of those are have turned out to be pretty good. 
Um, so we're, we're definitely planning on delving into all kinds of stuff here. It's not really going to be tied to any particular year or, 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 you know, sub genre of horror. We're just going to jump all over the place on this and talk about whatever we feel like we want to talk about on this one. Any suggestions, any questions, any comments, anything of that nature, you know, just hit us up at the VHS files, Facebook, our Twitter, all that stuff will be at the end of the show. So you guys can get, get to us through that, but But that'll do it for us tonight, and we will be back with another episode for you guys as soon as we get one recorded. So until then, be kind. Bye! It's over. You've been listening to the VHS Files Presents The Horror Section. Please leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Interact with us on Facebook at VHS Files Podcast, Instagram at VHS.Files, and Twitter at VHS underscore files. Email us at the.vhsfiles at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.